1: This is the home of straight talk and honest answers about everything automotive. CarPro USA. Jerry Reynolds is the CarPro, and in his 35-plus years in the auto industry, he won USA Today's Dealer of the Year Award twice. Kevin McCarthy is his trusty sidekick, and his 145-year career led to his being voted into the Texas Radio Hall of Fame. Thank you. Welcome to CarPro USA. USA.
2: And we thank you for joining us. This is the Car Pro Show, and we are here to give you straight talk and honest answers about everything automotive and help you make a good, smart car buying decision. And once you make that decision to buy, we're here to also hook you up with a great dealership that will take good care of you, even in the times like they are when cars are so short, uh, they still think long term. They want to sell you a car now, they want to sell you a car Two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, and forever, however long you live. So let's talk. These things are complicated right now, more so than I've ever seen it. The phone number here to pick my brain is 800-926-7777. Carpro.com is the website. You'll be shocked how much information is there. Don't miss my FAQ page. Uh, A lot of the Questions I get from listeners are already answered at the FAQ page. But I still like talking to you. So 800-926-7777. And Los Angeles, remember, we are on KNX 1070 AM, but not on the FM side. And if you stream us through KNX, you're only going to get the FM side. So you're not going to get us. You got to go to WOAI.com. That's our San Antonio affiliate. They're running all three hours. And we got a podcast that'll be up this afternoon by 2 30 Central Time, 12 30 Pacific. So lots of ways to enjoy the show. Uh, a lot of the markets only air two hours, but we do three hours. And so if you're missing that extra hour, go to the podcast. Real simple to operate. Kevin McCarthy, my trusty sidekick, is here. You know, we've
3: talked so often about range anxiety with electric cars. You know, and how how far will, will the range of this car is? It's only two hundred miles. They're, they're wanting to get them up to three hundred or more. Yeah. You know, I. The New York Times, not my favorite newspaper, but they have a column today from a guy, and his headline is this. You want an electric car with a 300-mile range? When was the last time you drove 300 miles? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's I think it's a fair question. With oh, people I, I saying, agree. "Well, what if I want to drive across the country and I My thought is, if you want an electric car and you got the kind of money to buy one and if you want to drive across the country, instead of worrying about where you're going to charge it, rent something.
2: Yeah, or, you know, Some people don't want to charge their car every day for whatever reason. Yeah, I get that. I've talked to people about that. Um, You know, it's, it's, there's a lot to think about. And I, I I am waiting personally to get an electric until the, you know, I can get a car that's got 500 miles of range because I don't want to mess with charging it every night. I've charged plenty of cars that I've reviewed, and you know it's not it's not time consuming, but um it is a little bit, and you know just if, a little bit of a hassle if yeah, if you're not parking in the garage and you're charging from the outside, you know, and it's raining or the weather's not good, you know it, to me, it's it's easier to go to the gas station and spend five minutes than it is to charge an electric car. Yeah. On a regular basis. And it just a lot of it has to do with how much you drive. If you got a twenty mile commute per day and you can go, you know, two weeks without charging, that's fantastic. I love it. But the other thing that nobody's talked about this, but electric cars are in their infancy. And yeah, they cost a lot of money. They're over sixty grand on average. But what's the cost of a battery pack when you go when it goes bad. Expensive. What do you, you want to guess?
3: Three, five thousand?
2: I saw a receipt from a listener and it's it's a receipt for repairs of a Chevy bolt. Now that doesn't have a huge electric battery. No, it's a small. But car had seventy thousand miles on it and the battery went bad. Parts and labor, and taxes. Twenty-nine thousand dollars. What? Twenty-nine thousand dollars, and that's not a big battery.
3: How much does a, a bolt
2: cost? <laughs> well, you get a new one for around. I just had it. I reviewed it recently. It was about forty grand before the $7,500 federal tax credit.
3: So you're basically paying as much as you pay for the car just to get a new well, battery?
2: You wouldn't do it. You wouldn't spend $29,000 on a 70,000-mile Chevy Bolt. No. You know, but that's what it would cost you. Just FYI. Wow. You only heard it here. Todd in San Antonio, Texas. Todd, what's happening? Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call, Jerry. You bet. Hey, I'm uh, uh I'm doing great. Thank you. Hey, so I currently drive a Ford F-150. It's coming up on 200,000 miles. I'm a traveling sales guy, put on about 20 to 30-plus thousand miles a year on the car. Yes. It's an EcoBoost that I'm in,
4: getting into an SUV, morphing yeah. over from a truck to an SUV. Uh, I'm 6'7". So what, what car recommendations do you have for some SUVs that's going to
2: have the fuel efficiency for all the travel I'm, I'm doing? Oh, that's going to be a tough, tough call, Todd, uh, to be comfortable in it and get great gas mileage. Uh, I think probably the Ford Edge, it's going to be as close as you can get with the small version of the EcoBoost. Uh, It'll get you, I've had people tell me the Edge will get them 30 to 32 out on the highway. Uh, The other option is looking at Toyota. You could look at the um, Toyota Venza. Which is a midsize SUV does not have a third row seat, but it's a hybrid, and I got a real forty miles to the gallon combined city and highway. Uh, and Toyota's got the best hybrid system out there. That might be another one too. you know the finding an SUV that gets you good gas mileage nowadays isn't isn't a huge problem. Finding one that a six foot seven guy is going to be comfortable in. That's a whole different problem, and that's one that I have trouble helping people with, because two six right. foot seven people can be built very differently. You got a long torso, or you got long legs, and one SUV will be comfortable, and one won't, and you've just got to get out there and try them. I would start with those right. two: uh, the Ford Edge with the four cylinder EcoBoost, and the Toyota Venza. I've got good dealers for both at my website. In fact, i got two great Toyota dealers in the San Antonio area. Uh, Just click on Find Your Car and start there. If you don't have any luck, call me back. We'll look at some other options. I do appreciate your call very, very much.
1: When to buy, when to lease. Let Jerry Reynolds, the CarPro, help you decide. Call CarPro USA at 1-800-926-7777.
3: This is the Car Pro Show. Thanks for joining us today. We're here every weekend, same time, same station. You know, the L.A. Auto Show, you had a story about it in, in the newsletter, about tickets now on sale Yes. for the, for this year's show. I used to think it was a really good thing that you couldn't buy a vehicle at an auto show because, you know, no pressure. Yeah. You know, nobody's saying, hey, you want to buy this today? Special deal. But now I'm thinking a lot of people will go to the show and say,
2: can I please buy that? Oh, they probably will. Every manufacturer's got cars that they send to shows all over the country. They travel all over. And, you know, it would just be, it would be a terrific burden for them to, every time there's a big auto show that they're going to attend and have inventory there, be a huge burden to try to find those cars, especially the last year or so. So they use the same cars in every auto show.
3: What do they uh, do when when all the auto shows of the year are done?
2: They sell them to dealers. Um, State Fair of Texas is the actual largest auto show in the world. Uh, Three million people come through there. Uh, bigger numbers than any. Los Angeles, New York, Detroit, you name it. Uh, and I used to deliver the cars. They would truck them to me. And then I would deliver them to the fairgrounds uh, for a fee and make sure that they were clean, make sure they didn't have more than a gallon of gas in them, make sure the batteries were disconnected, all the things you got to do at an auto show. And then as soon as that was over, because of the time, it, the state fair is always late in September. And so they were ready to replace the cars with the next year models, right? So they were going to stop them in Dallas and they gave me a first right of buying whichever one of them, whichever one of them I wanted. And then they would sell the rest to the other Dallas four or Ford dealers. So I had a little bit of an inside edge.
3: What were they called? Were those called program cars or something?
2: No, they were
3: they were just new cars.
2: Yeah, they were new cars and they, they don't get driven more than a few feet. So you can't they, go
3: too far with a gallon of gas and the, no battery. No,
2: they had, they had virtually no miles on them. Uh, and Shannon in Auburn, California, Shannon, welcome. Hey Shannon, are you there? Okay. Let's put Shannon back on hold and talk to Tim in Lubbock, Texas. KFYO. Hello, Tim. How are you? I'm good, Actually, buddy. My call. You bet. What can I help you with?
5: So, I currently drive a 2020 F-150 4x4 with the 5 liter and get real-world mileage 19.5 to 20. And I'm just, I'm having uh, thoughts of the new hybrids
4: in the F-150. Yeah. Is it going to be a big savings? Uh, is it worthwhile to
2: look at? Well, there's a couple things.
4: Research too much.
2: Yeah, there's a couple things to consider. One is the used truck market right now is sky high, so your 2020 is going to be worth more today than by far than it'll ever be worth again. So factor that in, uh, and then. The gas mileage, and I'd have to look it up, but I reviewed the power boost, um, drove it for a week. And I was getting, if I recall, I was getting in the upper 20s in fuel economy. So how many miles does your 2020 have on it now?
4: Uh, Approaching 75,000.
2: Okay, so you're driving 25,000 miles a year roughly. More or less, yes. It would probably pay for itself over time. It's not going to be an immediate savings because the truck is higher than a regular, you know, V8 or the V6 EcoBoost. But over time, if you can get a couple hundred thousand miles out of it, and you probably can, then it's going to, it will have paid for itself, especially if gas prices remain high. Then you got to factor in your 2020 is worth probably five grand more than it will be. Three months from now, so that's a, that's a savings as well. The unknown is how long does it take to get a power boost if you order one right now. Uh, if you do order one between now and next Wednesday in Texas, you can lock in 2.9% APR financing, and you get an extra $500. So you might talk to my friends at Smith South Plains Ford. And, uh, and, and see if you can get one on order real quick. Once it comes in, if you decide you don't want to buy it, they're not going to care because they can sell it within just a few minutes of you turning it down. But you would get first right at it. Certainly think it's worth looking at and considering. And I do think over time, everything all in, you will save money. And you're you're going to love the truck. Look at my review.
1: If you don't know a crossover from a cross-stitch, you're going to need some help buying a car. Call CarPro USA at 1-800-926-7777.
2: And we go to Cleveland, Ohio, to talk to Tom. Tom, what can I do for you?
5: I was just wondering about... like a four door um Jeep Wrangler versus a uh, uh like a Grand Cherokee, which do you think would be a better vehicle for like a four person family and overall um, drivability?
2: Oh, the Grand Cherokee by far. Um uh, it's a nice nice SUV uh and I like the Wrangler, but it doesn't hit me as a family car. <laughs> they ride rough. Uh you know, they they don't They're great if you go if you do a lot of off roading. There's nothing better. Well, maybe the Ford Broncos better, but typically if you're going off roading, the Wrangler does a great job. But if you're wanting comfort, interior quietness, uh, nice ride, Grand Cherokee by far is a better choice.
5: Wait, like for a, I do a lot of city driving in that. I would I was thinking too leaning towards the. Grand Cherokee versus the Wrangler or something
2: like that. Yeah, and I tell people who have never owned a Wrangler before, one of two things, take a really long test drive or rent one for the weekend. Because I can't tell you throughout the 21 years I've been on the air how many people didn't check with me. They bought a Wrangler, and I hear from them three weeks later, and they say, I've got to trade this off. It's beaten me to death. It's hurting my back. There's just a a, a myriad of reasons. But then again, there's that element out there of people who get them and spend gazillions of dollars rigging them, adding aftermarket things, uh, and they love them. They absolutely love them. But what you described to me, the Grand Cherokee, and if you need a huge amount of room, the new Wagoneer is absolutely a joy to drive. But I've got a review of the 2022 Grand Wagoneer when they first came out at my website. I'll tell you right now, it was one of the nicest interiors I've ever been in. It was a joy to drive. I loved the electronics. I had gushed over the Grand Cherokee. I just thought it was that good. Go to carpro.com and, and click on Find a CarPro Dealer, and also in the search box, Put Grand Cherokee in there and read my review and watch my video. You'll see what I'm talking about.
1: Find out exactly when it's the best time to buy a new car, truck, or SUV. Call CarPro USA at 1-800-926-7777.
3: Thanks for joining us. This is the Car Pro Show. Kevin McCarthy, Jerry Reynolds, and you, of course. One place, this is the one place you can get straight talk and honest answers about everything automotive, except mechanical questions. Jerry makes it very clear that he's not a grease monkey. Nope. But he can help you, especially in the present circumstances. He can warn you off a bad deal or... Point you towards a good deal or what you should do or shouldn't do with with your cars.
2: Yeah, and we're right here at the end of the month. And even under the constraints and circumstances that we're under right now, uh, the deals will get better. Whether you're ordering a car, whether you're signing up for a vehicle that's already been produced and is inbound to the dealership that is unspoken for. Or, you know, get lucky and find something in stock. And that happens more than you think depending a lot on what brand you're looking at, because Toyota and Honda and Subaru have been the hardest hit. You're not likely to find something walking up on the lot, even going through our dealers. But, you know, if you're going to get something, the sooner you get it or the sooner you get the process started, the sooner you'll get the car. And particularly if you have a trade-in, right? talked a lot in the first hour of the show about the used car market dropping and it continues to drop and it's going to drop big time when 300,000 repos hit the auction over the next month month and a half that that means a huge supply of used cars and supply means a drop in price that's what that's what we're all waiting for with new cars is for there to be selection for there to be A lot of cars available, Um, that's when you get the rebates, and that's when you get the low interest rates and, and that sort of thing. So bear with us, but if you're thinking about doing something, the end of the month is always the best time, and that has never changed, and I don't see it changing in the foreseeable future. Chris in San Antonio, Texas. Hello, Chris. What can I help you with?
5: Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you doing today, sir?
2: I'm great, my friend. What's on your mind?
5: Hey, I, mostly I just wanted to call and give you a good old Texas tip of the hat for all your recommendations and such. Uh, I have previously was driving a 2014 Mitsubishi Outlander Sport that had a little over 125,000 miles on it, and it was at the point where the maintenance and the upkeep on it was getting more than what the value of the car was worth.
2: Sure. Of course.
5: <laughs> so, after having listened to you for a number of years and you just singing up, down, left, and right over the praises of Subarus, I decided to go on the market and check some dealerships for a Subaru. And I was able to score myself a 2018 Subaru Outback with under 30,000 miles on it. Wow. Uh, yeah. Single owner, Carfax certified, everything up, down, left, and right. Um, the and because it was sold as a certified pre-owned, I actually paid a little bit extra to get the Subaru hundred thousand mile bumper to bumper warranty on it. Yeah, that was so now a good I move. Don't have to worry about a darn. I don't have to worry about a darn thing, you know, for years now. And I basically love everything about this car. The ride is smooth. The air conditioner works fantastic. The entertainment system is phenomenal. Uh, I've got two kids, and their car seats fit fine in the back seat with room to spare. The cargo area holds everything that I need to do for my groceries and hauling and things like that. It's basically a dad mobile for me. (laughs) And I just wanted to call and say thank you because I know for years and years and years you have been singing the praises of super. Subarus, especially the Outback, just yeah. for its safety, for its comfort, for its features. And the fact that I was able to, you know, take that knowledge and use it to find a car that was an incredible steal for what I thought mileage-wise was on it. Um, again, just from Texas, thank you. Well,
2: you're thank very you. kind, and I thank you very much. I I love Subaru, and I've gotten, I, I don't get anything. I don't get paid to say that. Uh, I just love Subaru and, and in your particular case uh, I think the big thing is you're carrying around some very precious cargo and I don't know I don't know of anything maybe a Volvo that would be any safer for you and your family than what you've got there with that Subaru outback. Chris, thank you so much. You made my day. I, I love it when people yeah, listen. I appreciate
5: your
3: work.
2: All right, pal. Thank you so much. And we always let me know if I can help you. Phil, in the Woodlands, Texas, that's in the Houston area, if you're not familiar with it. How you doing?
4: I'm doing very good, Jerry. Thank you very much. What? I really appreciate your show.
2: Thank you. What can I help you with?
4: So, <clears throat> sorry about that. I heard what you said earlier last hour about the gentleman who called in uh, who was potentially hauling uh, a heavier horse trailer. Yes. And this is – I've had three Ford Super Duties, the original uh, 7.4 liter, I think it's around a 2,000-year model. Yeah, 7.3. Oh, I'm sorry, 7.3. And then a couple of the 6.7s, those were just a game-changer to me. So now I'm looking at new diesels, and uh, all of them I like fancy, and uh, also ride quality is real important to me. And um, so I'm just seeing if you take a little time to talk about the big three there, all of them which I like.
2: Yeah, and I do too. And there's not the the drive trains of all three, Ford, uh, Ram, and. Chevrolet I guess we should say four with uh, GMC all the drivetrains are fantastic the difference comes down to the truck and for me the Ford and I'm I mean I'm unbiased I've been out of the Ford business since 2006 so I got no leftover biases Um, I just like the features of it especially for people who are pulling things if you're not pulling, um, if you're not pulling a, a load of any kind, that's a game changer for me because I'd probably go with the GMC. But if I'm pulling a trailer, I want those Ford. I want that Tow Command system. I want the blind spot monitoring that includes the length of the trailer. I want the trailer towing mirrors that Ford offers out there. I want the built-in sway control, and I can go on and on and on. Uh, but the backup system. A lot of people have trouble backing a trailer. I was blessed. My dad was a truck driver. He taught me how to back a trailer before I got my driver's license, and I'm good at it. But a lot of people are not, and it causes a lot of anxiety. And this Ford backup system that uses a little knob on the dash and all your camera system is just outstanding. And for those reasons, if you're hauling, I'd go with the Ford. If if you're not hauling. You know, I'd go with the GMC, but the the GM, the Chevrolet'd be fine, and so would the Ram. Does that make all sense to you?
4: It does. It does, and uh, that's why I've always bought Ford, and almost all my buddies drive Fords. Yeah. But uh, the other ones are nice, but we kind of just go back to that power stroke and yeah.
2: ride and true. And they, I, I hear they it, Phil, I hear from a lot of people who pull some really big trailers, forty foot you know, RVs and stuff, and, you know, they, they tend to shop around, and they're not super brand loyal normally, but the majority of the ones that I talk to that are the happiest buy the Fords. Talk to Jorge Lopez at Tom Ball Ford. He'll get you one on order, and he will take care of you and not charge you over MSRP.
1: If you don't know whether to buy, these or just steal a car, wait a minute can't be right. Uh, the point is call Carpro USA one 926 7777.
3: You know Jerry, I'm still in love. I guess it's the best way to put it with that uh, Mercedes that you reviewed in the newsletter this
2: week. Yeah, I really hated for that one to go back. I mean, that
3: the GLE 450. Yep. I mean, I didn't drive it, but I got to, you know, hear your or read your thoughts <laughs> about the drive, but I just the looks of that car.
2: It's beautiful inside and out. Um I've got a GLS 450 in my garage and <clears throat> it's quite a bit bigger. It's got the third row seat. And you know, if I didn't occasionally need that third row seat or some cargo area, I'd I'd trade it for the for the GLE. Yeah, because it just it rides and drives so good, and the electronics and that Mercedes is using right now are just outstanding. Uh, they really got it going on. Let's talk to Irwin, and he's in Austin, Texas. Uh,
5: hi, Jerry. Thank I... you for taking
2: my call. Hey, buddy. What can I do for you?
5: Uh, yes, Jeremy, I want to ask you, uh, well, I, I want to have your opinion. My wife drives a uh, Toyota Highlander XLE. Yeah. In 2019. So her release is going to be off in November. So we went to uh, the dealer uh, last month. Yes. We were going originally to get another Highlander, but uh, um, it happened that uh, we were able to check the new Venza. Yeah the hybrid uh, all-wheel drive, and actually we put an order on uh, on the Venza. So what do you think about the Venza,
2: the new Venza? I absolutely love it. I recommend it all the time. I gave it a fantastic review. Uh, if you want to look at it at my website, I did a video with it. It's at uh, CarPro. Just put Venza up in the search box, and it'll pull up, and you can watch it. I, th- I think it's great. You know, the big difference between the Venza and the Highlander is – the Venza does not have a third row seat, and yep. all the Venzas are hybrids. And I was really shocked at the mileage I got with the Venza, which was right at 40 miles to the gallon city and highway. And that's amazing mileage for an SUV, especially one as roomy as the Venza. But the Venza had a lot, and I pointed out in my review, it had a lot of neat features. And it drove good. Uh, it had good cargo area in the back. And so if you can live without that third-row seat, I think the Vento is a much better choice. I will tell you this. you right. If, you, if you, you said you had one on order already, yeah, yeah they're running yeah. pretty long. So if you get to the end of your it's lease in, in November – Uh, Just extend the lease until the new Venza gets there, because it could be, it could be by you know it could be the end of the year before it comes in. But it doesn't matter. You're gonna love it. I promise you. I will. I'll put everything I got on the line to say, I've never had anybody with a Venza that didn't love it.
5: Great. Uh, Yeah, we actually put a deposit back uh, a month ago, and uh, yes, they said that uh, the new Venzas won't be arriving. Arriving probably until either by the end of the year or early next year. Yeah, it sounds right. We'll have to extend the lead.
2: Yeah, and I think your Highlander will still have really good value even though the used car market is dropping. Um, Highlanders traditionally have held their value well, so there's a good chance you'll still have equity to put down on the Venza from the Highlander. Uh, And if you're unclear on how that works, Go to CarPro and find my FAQ page. It's under buying resources. And I give you an article called End of Lease Options. And I walk you through exactly what happens at the end of a lease and how to maximize your equity. And you will have equity. Even if the market drops a lot, you'll still, that Highlander will be worth more than the residual value that's on your contract. I appreciate the call, Irwin. Always let me know how I can help you. And uh, uh, one of the most important
1: <laughs> and most expensive decisions you can make is buying a new vehicle. Get some help. Call CarPro USA at 1 800 926 7777.
3: Car Pro Show listener in the Sacramento area posed a question to us in his review and rating of Jerry Sipkins, sales manager at Elk Grove Audi, Jerry. Yeah. He said he was assuming a five-star rating is the best, but he wanted to know if we could make an exception <laughs> so he could give a higher number of stars because of the price and the process he got when he recently bought a new Audi. From Jerry Sipkins at Elk Grove Audi. But, yeah, a five-star rating is the best, but I'm sure that Jerry Sipkins will be happy to see that on
2: our website. (laughs) Yes, he will. I'm quite sure.
3: In Orange County, a man named Alex had been looking high and low for a new Mazda Miata. And he contacted Jim Feinstein at Tustin Mazda uh, several months ago to get the Miata he wanted. He said, Jim was a perfect gentleman, kind, courteous, you know, kept him updated on the search six months after he first started looking. It culminated in this listener purchasing his dream car.
2: That's awesome. You know, uh, John Patterson dealership. That's what happens. John's just, uh, he just runs such a wonderful organization, whether it's, You know, his two Mazda stores, his Hyundai store, his uh, Acura store, it don't matter. They're all top-notch.
3: Well, you know, the old saying, good things come to those who wait. Yeah. You know, six months can go by pretty quickly. Yeah. or, Or slowly. But if you end up getting
2: your dream car at the end of six months, I'll take that. Oh, yeah, For sure. For sure. Los Angeles listeners, we're going to be leaving you, but you can uh, uh, stream us right now on another hour at WOAI.com out of San Antonio. And our podcast will be up this afternoon at about 1230 Pacific time.
1: Don't go it alone when you're buying a car. Call CarPro USA at 1-800-926-7777.